Yeah, I'm talking to you, sassy girl. Need a little ah in your step? Try this on for size. It's pop. It tastes great. It makes you feel kind of funny. Not here, not down there, but all up in this area. Talking pop. Sick and tired of hearing all these people talk about What's the deal with this pop life and when is it gonna fade out The thing you got to realize what we're doing is not a trend We got the gift of melody, we're gonna bring it till the end, come on now Hi, welcome to Talking Pop My name is Jennifer Smith and you're listening to The Jenny Position I'm here with my just bubbling and and charismatic co-host, the peanut butter to my jelly, Tim Cable. How you doing, Tim? Ooh, feeling very good. I like being the peanut butter in this scenario, and I like being in my favorite position, which is the Jenny <laughs> position. You bet it is. Mm-hmm. The outer facing dog ain't got nothing on that. <laughs> uh, reverse cowgirl don't either. No. Mm, hell no. <laughs> We that's are, old hat. I know, right? That's that's for losers. Um, what you just commented that we had been on three podcasts together this week. Um, how do you feel about that? I'm feeling pretty good. I, I think that's a first for us that we've uh, managed to make this much time and and set aside our real lives such as they are right. Um, be, right. because we seem to enjoy each other's company more than. Um, other people's company, I guess. Perhaps there's a codependency issue there. Um, I don't particularly care. No, um, me either. We, I'm good with we've, it. We've given our, our mixed thoughts on uh, and feelings towards uh, therapy, and <laughs> we're not we're not willing to work through it. We're just going to keep doing what we do and uh, hopefully find that therapeutic. Yes, I would submit that this is a form of therapy, usually. I would agree, and I cannot think of a better way to spend part of a Friday night, anyway. And uh, we've got another guest joining us here on Talking Pop. So we were guestless on our last outing. We were inebriated under the influence right. for the holidays, once again, second year in a row. Hopefully it won't be the last. <laughs> I can't imagine it will be. Definitely but, not. Uh, yeah, as as much fun as that episode was, we're uh, kind of getting back into our regular groove here, and we've got a first-timer, sort of a long-timer first-timer, in fact, so let's, uh, let's bring him in. Who do we have with us, Jenny? Well, we're going to be popping cherries tonight, which we like to do. Um, mm-hmm. We like them young. We like them inexperienced, so... Well, I like them young. You don't particularly. Well, that's true, but... Young in the podcasting game, anyway. Yeah. Um, I met uh, our guest at WrestleMania weekend uh, in New York, and he was awesome and gracious enough to gift me with um, with a, an amazing like experience at Madison Square Garden. Um, I got to watch wrestling and sleep on the couch in a suite there. Um, mm. Thanks to my friend and yours, Sean Kidd. How you doing, Sean? 
I am doing great, guys, and um, it's an honor to be here, uh, as you said, a podcast virgin, um, and it's great to pop that virginity in the Jenny position. Yes. Um, it's <laughs> a great place to do it, and I don't know about Young, because I am one of the old-timers in PT uh, in, the, uh, in the game, So, um, but I'll stay young-minded as we do the podcast today, so looking forward to this. Young at heart, maybe. Young at heart, for sure. There you go. Or immature, whichever way you look at That'll it. That'll work, it's- too. Yeah, with both of those, immature is really good. It's all the same here. Yep. Uh, So let's talk about that WrestleMania experience just a little bit, because I think that's a pretty decent jumping off point. So how did you manage to finagle this situation where you got a suite at WrestleMania, and it just so happens like you can make this available to... A group of people that that you're just meeting up with a lot of in a lot of cases meeting for the first time. So walk me through how exactly this works here. All right. So um, it wasn't necess- it was WrestleMania weekend, but it was for the Ring of Honor show there um, okay. at Madison Square Garden. So um, I got them through the pl- uh, place that I work, um, and you know, obviously, there's not a lot of people out there that admit that they're wrestling fans. And, <laughs> you know, it's very rare. So it's a rare breed. So I have actually, um, I've actually known um, about the, the obviously the PTBN feed and Scott and uh, JT and all those guys. I've known them over the years and listened to their pods for years. Um, and I was like, hey, I'm in the middle of Madison Square Garden. Um, I was there with two other guys, um, and I had all these extra tickets. So I just reached out and messaged uh, JT and said, hey, I got some extra tickets. And he's like, oh man. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, rush out of Yacht Rock, but let me see if I can leave Yacht Rock to go to Ring of Honor, and that's kind of how it happened. <laughs> yeah, we bailed on Yacht Rock. Um, bailed on the Yacht Rock. Yeah. Well, that's another story, and more on that story you can hear about when we had our WrestleMania recap weekend with uh, JT Rosero. Uh, was that prior to? this program debuting on the Jenny position or the creation of the Jenny position, perhaps. Yes. Uh, look back in our archive, our archives on place. We nation pop. Oh, mm-hmm. If you want that whole story, it was a uh, quite the weekend, but um, I just think that's so cool that, you know, not only can you meet up with everybody and, and enjoy that just spirit of community, but it's like, uh, by the way, <laughs> I've kind of got some pretty sweet digs and, uh, no one to really enjoy it with. So, um, the more the merrier. And, uh, that also brought us the, I guess, official drink of the weekend, right? With, uh, Jack and Dew, was it? Yeah. So growing up, um, obviously I was 21 when I started drinking and I'm lying there. Obviously. But, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But, um, when I got old enough to afford, uh, whiskey, um, I discovered the glory of Jim Beam and Mountain Dew mixed together, and that was always my drink of choice growing up. Um, so I wanted to introduce everybody to that drink. We ordered a bottle of Jack Daniels at the suite, and the Jack Daniels did not last very long. Nope. Um, <laughs> and we enjoyed uh, Jim Beam and Mountain Dew, and uh, Jenny enjoyed a nap on the couch in the suite <laughs> at Madison Square Garden. So probably where Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan sat his ass on it at some point. <laughs> Uh, some ring rat got drilled on that couch. Did not care, I'm sure. A long line of uh, talent. Well, at, least, at least there's photographic proof of it as well. Yes. Neither is. 
What's funny about uh, that picture to me is like I remember because like I remember when I was done. Like I'm like I was enjoying it, like having a blast. It was amazing. And then I'm like hit a wall, right? And because I had lived through the lemonade of the afternoon that put JT out, and um, so he had already rallied. Well, I had just delayed mine for a while, <laughs> like mm-hmm. my hitting mm-hmm. of the wall, and then I'm like. I got to go lay down. Like, there's no discussion. Like, I just got to go. And I just passed the fuck out. And I really don't know how long I was out for. And, of course, I was not aware of anyone taking my photograph. But what I think is funny about a picture is that I have my purse, like, clutched to me. <laughs> like, like somebody's going to steal it from me <laughs> in my sleep. Hey, it's an instinct, right? Yeah, it's like, you know, country girl in New York City, like, grab your purse, girl, don't let it go. Well, well honestly, I had gotten up in one of the middle of the matches, that were, one of the boring matches, I went, got up, went to the restroom, and I walked in there, and I, I, to be honest with you, I forgot Jenny had even left, and then I walked in and saw her on the couch and said, oh, I'm going to take a picture, and then, you know, kind of kind of went from there, it's like, here's this strange guy who she just met. It's <laughs> Madison Square Garden. I'm going to take a picture of her sleeping on the couch. That's not strange. When you put it like that, it's pretty creepy. Uh, yeah, a little bit, but that's yeah. not the intent. But let's yeah, be real. I know. Yeah. <laughs> good thing. And I now it lives. It now. lives in infamy now. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I just. I'm sure I was snoring and drooling because that's what I usually do. So that was slightly embarrassing. Yeah, I didn't get a picture of that. But, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have to ask it. Mountain Dew, I've never used as a mixer with whiskey before. Like, I had never even heard of that being a thing until that was, like, the the story coming out of that experience. Um, So, which is better? Is it Dew and uh, Jim Beam? Because I am kind of a Jim Beam drinker. Is uh, is that better than Dew and Jack? Uh, uh, Dew and Jack, I mean, honestly, I don't do it too much anymore. You know, as you get older, your taste in bourbon kind of changes, and you realize, like, yeah, Jim Beam's not really the grand stage that, that you think it is when you're younger. <laughs> and um, you you kind of potentially put yourself in in a worse state drinking uh, Mountain Dew than you do uh, yeah, whiskey. Yeah. The older you get, so. sure. So it's like you know, like right tonight, I'm drinking Whistle Pig, which you know I discovered in New York City, which is amazing. But to mix mm-hmm. Mountain Dew in it would almost seem like a tragedy. So right, that's. Whew. So growing up, it was a little different. The Mountain Dew was, you know, I was a kid. I liked Mountain Dew. I said, oh, let me mix it with the bourbon. And so that's just how it worked out, and it was pretty good. So Excellent. Well, I have to ask, and I think I know what the answer is, but just for the sake of uh, sort of establishing your origin, so to speak, how did you come into this whole community? So speaking particularly in terms of place to be nation, did you – like, were you one of those old uh, pro boards posters? I know you weren't part of the old uh, live journal blog or any of that. Or were you like strictly a, a podcast listener? This is this is actually a good story. So I, you know, okay. like I said, I'm one of the older guys. Um, I've I st- you know obviously I started out in AOL and I did a lot of the AOL wrestling sports chats. Yeah. Um, so I started out there. So. Um, what, I, what started is I started traveling for work a whole lot, and I started listening to podcasts. And, you know, I started listening to wrestling podcasts, and all that was really available that I knew of was, like, Meltzer and Wade Keller and those guys. And, 
you know, they were boring and mundane. So um, I was I ran a search one day, and out of the blue, PTBN came up, and I heard uh, the mothership they call it Scott and JT, and fell in love with it. Their uh, vaults, and mm-hmm. then um, then I heard uh, then I heard where the big boys play with Chad and Parv, and I just got into that because I'm a big huge NWA WCW mark. Um, and so that's kind of how it evolved. And that was probably about 2012 that I discovered that, but it was really out of searching for something else different to listen to versus kind of the status quo guys, which were, I found pretty boring. So it kind of went from there. And that's kind of exactly what we want to hear. Just Mm -hmm. people, uh, basically in the wild, listening to podcasts, finding the podcast, and then, like I said before, establishing that that sense of community where we don't want to put ourselves above anyone. And if we meet cool people who like the stuff that we're producing, then hell yeah, uh, we're all for it. And, of course, you know, Jenny, we split off into the pop feed, and Jenny yep. and Miranda come in with Geek and Sassy. Now Jenny's doing her own thing, and it's just it's amazing just the way and the directions that – everything has grown and how we're still kind of one big, happy, not so much even dysfunctional family. <laughs> no, I mean, um, it's, it's really pretty incredible. If you think about, you know, there were really yeah. two pods to listen to back in the day and now it's evolved. And then Jenny's doing a separate feed and it's just pretty incredible. So it's a whole bunch of content to listen to now that when I first started listening to was not even there. It's pretty incredible. The growth that you guys have had. So congrats. <laughs> And wrestling was pretty late to the game, I feel like, in podcasting. Just, I think I started listening to podcasts sort of in the mid, early to mid aughts. I don't know how to say that really. So, <laughs> like 2005, 2006-ish. Oh, really? Is when I'm, yeah, is when I'm first sort of listening to my, my first podcasts, right? And And none of them are wrestling podcasts. It's all sort of... Uh, comics-based stuff, and I really started listening to a lot of podcasts, I would say around 2008, and wrestling really entered the rotation more like 09, 10, and that's sort of when Scott and Justin get in on the game, uh, just launching that very, very first initial version of the Place Be Nation podcast, that was in, what, 2011? Um, so really good timing there <laughs> on their part. Mm-hmm. And we see where we are now. And it's hard to believe that's almost 10 years ago. But here we are still going strong and still making friends. So cheers to that. Amen. And I have, to, uh, I have to ask something else that you mentioned in the realm of traveling. So... You mentioned you travel a lot for work. Uh, are you someone who likes traveling particularly, or do you just kind of do it grudgingly because you have to? I um, I did not used to like traveling, so I, I'm not a big fan of flying on airplanes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would drive a lot. Like one of the areas I used to have, I'd have to drive six hours. I would drive instead of fly. I'm not a big fan of flying. Um Funny part of it is that my wife used to be a um, stewardess, but oh, wow. um, yeah, so that's pretty funny. But um, I don't mind the traveling. You know, the good thing is when I travel is I get to interact with a lot of different people. Um, I get a lot of different experiences. I mean, if, I mean, you guys know um, that a lot of people might not know is that you know I'm always out doing something. I'm always involved in something. I think you guys call it 
um, what do you call it, Sean something? Adventures with Sean, Sean, I believe. Adventures with Sean, yeah. So sort of become um, a meme. Yeah, so I I like to do that stuff. I like to do new things, and I like to share those experiences. And um, at this stage in the game, I'm in my mid-40s. It's kind of something new and different versus when I first started this whole traveling experience. I just wanted to go home and go to sleep and go to my hotel every night and do nothing. Now it's Mm. a little different. Yeah, Yeah, I don't mind it now, but before I really didn't like it. And uh, you you mentioned your marriage. Um, (laughs) Does the travel help or hurt your marriage? I've I've heard two different schools of thought on this. Uh, From my point of view, it probably helps. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For me particularly, I am a... uh, I am a handful. Um, you know, I'm a pretty big personality. I am. I have ADHD. I have all those things that in the 70s they didn't diagnose you for, and now they make all the kids to get on drugs for. Right. Um, so I had all that stuff growing up. I was just never diagnosed, and you kind of learn to deal with it. But, um, yeah, I, I, I tell my wife all the time, God forbid I ever retire, because I don't know if we'll stay married, because I'm a <laughs> I'm a, little, I'm a little bit of a nut. Oh, so. will drive you crazy, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we do these vacations, and you know the vacations are kind of test runs for <laughs> for, how, runs for retirement. That's <laughs> runs for retirement on how I'll be dealt with, or how she'll deal with me. And um, this last one over Christmas was pretty long, and we did all right. So I'm feeling pretty mm. good right now. But who knows what could happen as I get older? <laughs> yeah. Well, what about it, it, what about for your kids? Um. Well, here's one thing I've learned about the travel, and I learned this very early on, is um, when I'm home, it's the great thing about my job, and you know, is when I'm home, I'm home. Um, and I make every day off about the kids or doing something with the kids. We go on a lot of vacations. We go out and do a lot of stuff together. So I feel like the time I'm with them is more impactful than maybe if I'm home like every night because I think it means more. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that does yeah, make sense. So, and they've never known anything different ever since my wife and I dated before we got married. And after we have kids, I've traveled um, since the very beginning. So me being home every night would be a new experience for them that I think would take a lot of adjusting. Mm. So, yeah. Right. Well, I know one of the things you're fond of when you're at home is your uh, hot tub. And yes. I, I hope we're not taking you away from your hot tub time. I, I sort of hoped you were, you were podcasting from the hot tub. <laughs> that would be from, a from- first. The hot tub from the Sean Radisson, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, you know, the hot tub, I do love the hot tub. I actually just got the hot tub back in March. Um, and it's something that I've wanted for many, 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 many years. And uh, this year I just made the call to get it. And we get it on it probably two or three times a week. Um, and, of course, I like to enjoy a nice cold beverage every time we're in it. But, mm-hmm. yep. yeah, it's really good. It's a nice relaxation tool. It's got Bluetooth, so we played. The other day, I was in it in the snow listening to Jenny and the Gems. Yeah, uh, good choice. My, yeah, with my glass of bourbon in the snow, which was really cool. So, oh. yeah, definitely a good win in buying that. It's great. That's a scene I want to be a part of. Um, okay. Oh, you, so, don't live that far, Tim. So. Yeah, I was, was going to say, say y'all we're, are pretty we're in the Commonwealth, the two of us. So. You're about an hour and a half away, my friend. Yeah, yeah just separated by a few miles there. That's right. Uh, I kind of have to ask this, although it's highly inappropriate, but, um, <laughs> bears forbid, uh, what, what are your thoughts on, um, clothed versus nude hot tub? Uh, we, we, we do clothed. Okay, we, have clothed. we have, we have kids. All right. So, um, and they'll randomly pop out and come outside and want to get in and everything. So we are fully clothed when we get in the hot tub. So none of those shenanigans, at least not as yet, maybe when the kids move out. <laughs> 
Send the, I was going to say. Send the kids to Grandma's house and... Well, yeah, it's yeah, for the kids' benefit. Well, but well if we had relatives around or grandparents, that would be feasible. But we don't have any of that here, mm. so it's kind of random. So we don't, we don't like to roll the dice on that one. At least while they're at home. <laughs> Can't blame you for that. Yeah. No. Well, um, speaking of family, I know you're a big fan of your in-laws, what? and <laughs> the in-laws who, are, who isn't though? Really, the, the in-laws are okay. It's not the in-laws that I struggle with. Okay. So. Um, I do like my in-laws. They're great. Um, I do have a sister-in-law that, you know, I'm pretty random about just throwing pot shots at because I'm not a big fan of hers, <laughs> um, to be honest. Um, it's one of those scenarios where, you know, every family has one kind of mm-hmm. thing, and she's the one, and, um, she's lived with me numerous times, and, um, I've ra- helped raise her kid and things like that. She just makes bad decisions, and, um... Believe it or not, she actually just bought a house, which is insane to me because I'm trying to figure out how she bought a house because she should never be allowed to buy anything. But, <laughs> but, but, um, yeah, so, yeah, I'm not a big fan. I know I take a lot of pot shots at her. It's just around her decision-making. I just don't agree with her way of life, obviously. So. <laughs> don't agree with her way of life. <laughs> it's been a source of many entertaining side comments. I'll, I'll tell you that much. And I just, I have to wonder, uh, has this been a source of any like serious contention? Like, has it ever like gone too far and turned into, you know, a family scene or, or family drama or anything? And then it's like, Oh crap. Now I have to walk this back big time. And, no, no, and, I, mean, I mean, obviously when she lived with us, it caused some strife with, you know, me and my wife, sometimes we get into some arguments about her. Right? Yeah. Um, but as far as the rest of the family, here's what's interesting. Like, I'll throw those snide comments out in front of her family and they'll all laugh because they think it's funny. Um, <laughs> it, but, and I even say it to her that, you know, the funny thing is she doesn't even realize I don't like her. She thinks I make snide comments because I like her. So <laughs> she'll, she's like, oh, he loves me. Listen to him. He makes fun of me. That means he loves me. And I'm like, no, I don't love you. Um, <laughs> you know, I love you. Like, like my, my favorite one was. She came up to me, and she goes, you know you miss me. And I said, I miss you like a hemorrhoid. And, you know, I said it in front of her whole family at a dinner table, and everybody just started cracking up. So, um, but, yeah, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get the fact that I don't – it's just funny, I guess, in some ways. She doesn't like a, I'm really laughing at you, not with you. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't really comprehend that, which, you know, at the end of the day, keeps the peace, I guess, a little bit, which allows uh-huh. me to be open and honest about how I feel, which is great. So it's a good balance. <laughs> Well, see, now I'm worried because I'm I'm like that. Like I, I joke around and like make fun of people, but as a sign of affection. So like, if I'm joking around with you and making fun of you, that means I like you. So mm-hmm. I'm sort of the opposite. And well, in that, most cases, I'm that way too, Jenny. But with her, I'm not. <laughs> it's different with her. It's very different. And she never knows. She can't tell the difference. So no, and my wife will tell her, no, he really doesn't like you. She's like, oh, yeah, he loves me. And she'll try to hug me every time we get together, and it just drives me nuts. Like, oh I'll run away God. from her. And yeah, it's crazy. <sighs> wow. I is love this, it. Is this your wife's sister? Yes. Okay. My wife. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sometimes that's a bonding thing, though. You know, like... um, complaining over the same person will bring people together you know my my wife is very family oriented which i think is great and you know her sister could do some pretty terrible things and make some bad life decisions and my wife will always embrace her so Mm -hmm. i'm kind of that balance for her where i can be the way she should be and she's not Mm 
Right, um, right. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's a good laugh on my part. And if she gets mad at me, I'll deal with it for 24 hours and move on. <laughs> and you can sort of get ri- you can you can get away with saying some of the things that other family members maybe can't because they're just too close to it or it's maybe too sensitive. I don't know. Uh, I could see that being maybe cathartic for, for other people in the room potentially who are thinking it but can't say it. Well, I did have a really bad parenting episode a couple weeks ago. Um, oh, yeah. Let's hear so it. I, so I have this running joke every time <laughs> Every time we drive by cows or anything on the road. I say, hey, kids, look, there's Aunt Sissy or something like that. Oh, shit. <laughs> so anyway, my nephew, her son was over with my kids the other day, and um, my my youngest son said, they, she, my nephew was talking about her mom, and my youngest son goes, yeah, your mom's a cow, though. Instead ah! of your son. So I had to explain to my son it wasn't okay, and then he had one of those moments where he goes, well, Dad, you do that. You and do go, it, yeah. You do it. And I was like, yeah, but you're not supposed to do that. I'm an adult. <laughs> so, yeah, that didn't go out go else for me. Man, these kids think they're grown. They don't know that they can't say the same shit that we say. Generation's um, very different nowadays. For sure. Yeah. Very different. My kid thinks that we're on the same level. Like, he he has this crazy uh, thought process that we should be treated the same. And I'm like, no, like, I'm your parent. Uh, I'm the boss. So, like, I can say fucked up shit and you can't. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, the older they get, the worse it gets. So my oldest just turned 14. And oh, I no. swear to God, I want to put my head through a wall because he reminds me of 14. Mm-hmm. And he's going through all, you know, he's going through puberty. He's growing hair. He's doing all this crazy stuff. And my wife's like, you know, you yell at him a lot. You need to calm down. I was like, I'm not yelling at him. He's like, yes, you are. You need to learn patience. And I said, I don't want to raise myself. So it's, <laughs> it's, like, it's, so it's really hard. It's like 14 and 13 is a whole nother level. And I'm still learning through it. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Ethan and I were having this like intense conversation kind of out of nowhere and he you know we talked and we talked and it was a lot and I was sort of overwhelmed and I always try to make a joke and like lighten the mood and then he's like mom I'm basically a mini you and I'm like fuck (laughs) I'm sorry and and they're so like this generation is so you know not depressed, but they're just so different. Like they don't show a lot of emotion. My son kind of mopes around. He's a gamer. Mm. Uh, and you know, even when he's happy, it's like, you can't tell he's happy. It's just, it's totally different. It's very, very odd. And like I said, as a parent, I'm trying to figure out. So it's interesting. Hashtag fuck them kids. Hashtag. <laughs> that, that's the big right. takeaway here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I enjoyed that. Uh, parenting diversion because it allowed me to get a refill because as you know i have nothing to contribute well, it's, <laughs> good because Je- it's good to have jenny on here because we can probably talk about kids all damn day but yeah well probably a separate, that's probably jenny's a millionth pod she'll do one day is about parenting so oh my god <laughs> mom cast mom cast there you, there you go well jenny that i mean it connects back to a conversation we were having on one of our other podcasts mm-hmm. recently about how, you know, these damn kids just walk all over us now, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. It's just like it, back in the back in the 70s when it was Christmas and you wanted your Star Wars toys <laughs> and you didn't get them because they didn't exist yet, then, uh, <laughs> you know, you just told your kids you got to eat shit. Right. And 
you're going to wait the- until the toys are available and you're going to open this empty box and you're going to like it. Sorry. And I don't I don't want to hear about well how come Santa doesn't have it together. You know? <laughs> I didn't get my goddamn seven dollar Chewbacca, but you're getting your three hundred dollar goddamn Xbox for Christmas. I don't want to right? shit, right? It's kinda of what it is. Look at how these things have changed. Yep. Man. Yep. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> I don't know. I guess uh, to a certain extent you do it to yourselves, maybe. I don't yes, know. Yes. I definitely do. Yes. I, I've definitely done it to myself for sure. And I told him that, like I'm like I'm like, look, baby, we are easy on you. We're easier on you than most parents are on their kids. And there are reasons for that. And I told him the reasons. And he was like, well, it doesn't feel like that. I'm like, well, when was the last time you cleaned your room? Uh, never. When was the last time you washed clothes? <laughs> never. never. Like, you have no responsibilities. And that is my fault. But... There are other circumstances that I justify that with. And he's yeah. like, well, I don't know. Like, to him, it just never crossed his mind. that like Because he only knows what he's always known, right? right. It's, he can't put himself, really, in somebody else, some other kid's shoes and look at, well, I compare my life to his. It's just, as you said, the circumstances are pretty different. Um, that reminds me of the inverse of a conversation i had with my parents well really more so my mom than my dad because i didn't feel like i had to have that conversation with my dad (laughs) but it was basically the you know you had it pretty damn easy with Mm me yeah (laughs) so you need to just shut up and let me do what i want to do (laughs) i could be a lot worse kid okay yeah that was, that, I mean, that was pretty much, the, that was a conversation we had after uh, my mom got her DUI when I was in eighth grade. So, <laughs> sort of gives you, sort of gives you license to um, do what you want. Not that I was, not that I was super rebellious or anything. I wasn't a good kid growing up, so I kind of feel like I'm reaping what I sow a little bit. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. like I was a terrible kid, but. Yeah, know, I was going to ask. Yeah. I was, a, I was pretty bratty. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you know, not, not to go down like the Nate you know, trail of, you know, getting serious for a moment, but you know, I lost my father. Oh, when please. I was se- yeah. I lost my father when I was seven. Um, he was a Maryland state trooper. So it was, you know, me and my mom for a long time. And then she met my stepfather and, you know, 10 year old Sean was having none of that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so of course, you know, I was bad as I could be. And I was that way for a long time with him because I just fought back, fought back. And, you know, in the end, everything ended well, but it's, you know, growing up was not, you know, it was not a cup of tea, so I always said to myself in the spirit of, you know, blaming ourselves for the way our kids are, I'm going to give my kids everything under the sun that I couldn't get when I was younger. Right. And now you reap what you sow a little bit to kind yep. of go back to what you said about that. So. That is true. <laughs> yep. Is there, a, like, a, a sense of, and I, I've heard this from other parents, you sort of get the kids that you deserve? <laughs> like, is, is that true at all? Uh, Probably. Um, well, you know, overall, my kids are pretty good, but, you know, they're stubborn, um, they're hard headed. Um, they're a little spoiled, but again, that's my fault. And sure. I realize that. So you got to learn to parent what you reap, what you sow. You got to parent what you sow. And that's kind of what Jenny was talking about earlier. It's the same thing here. So do you have to take a step back sometimes? And I guess this goes for you too, Jenny, and, and look at what I was doing at this age versus what they're doing at this age. And does it really compare? Like, is, is it, is it better? Is it worse? Do I do I kind of need to check myself here? 
if okay, ten year old Jenny yeah. lived lived in a fucking rundown trailer in South Alabama um, with my single mother and my ass already sounds like cat at work. So I'm just saying, and I was a good kid. Like I was a good kid. I was, you know, straight A's and did all this blah blah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like he has a better life. In that respect, there are aspects of his life that are health-wise not as good as mine. But sure. look, he doesn't know any different than like a stable home and like you know nice things and people fawning over him all the time. Nobody fawned over me all the time. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, I, More so, they stepped over you, right? Exactly. Um. You know, I can't, compl- I mean, listen, I can't, once my, my mother married my stepfather, I can't really complain because he gave us a good life. Um, 13, 14-year-old Sean, you know, was bullied, and that's a whole other story, which we don't want to get into with kids and bullying today. But um, I would, so what I would typically do is I would, I would shelter myself in my room. I would write a lot. I would draw a lot. I would listen to a lot of music, and I would just keep myself in my room and away from everybody so I didn't have to deal with anybody. Um, so if I were to say, do my kids have a better life? Hell yeah, they have a better life. But, um, part of that was me because I didn't want to acclimate to my stepfather and it was my choice not to do that. And then as I got older, I learned it's okay and things worked out. But, mm-hmm. um, TV for me, um, at the 13, 14, it was TV, it was music. And that's where I discovered pro wrestling as well. And that's kind of where it started was me bunkering myself in my room and finding it on the USA network one day. And I've been a fan ever since. It's pretty funny. <clears throat> That does make sense for uh, the background of a wrestling fan, you know, some escapism, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a familiar story, just sort of feeling like an outcast and feeling like an outsider and living in your head a little bit. Uh, You find outlets where you can, even if it's not so much in other people. Um, Yeah. No, that that's why the pop well. feed is so great. Like the stuff they talk about, the year and you know, the, you guys, you know, the pop feed is great when they talk about music. And I love, you know, the pod that Scott and them do about the years because I relate to every single year they do that. Mm-hmm. And when they do like the top ten on the the uh, the vault uh, for the music at every at the end, like I'm, that's my zone. That's like what I grew up with. So <laughs> I'm a little bit of a culture nerd when it comes to pop culture. So yeah, and it, it's funny because on the one hand, I. I think that just living too much for your own nostalgia is a little bit poisonous, right? It, yep. it, can, it can be a real hindrance just in terms of your own growth and just moving forward. But when you connect, can connect with other people at the same time and sort of make these friendships and relationships later in life that you didn't have, uh, back when you kind of needed it and, and wished you had had it, uh, I think that's what makes all the difference. It's like we're not just sort of stewing in how the good old days and how things used to be and why can't it be like this anymore. You're No, you're just connecting over a shared interest and geeking out uh, in a way that you couldn't back then. So it's a lot of that, I, I think, pent-up um, enthusiasm in a way. And uh, that's why I, I love so much doing those kinds of retrospectives and uh, really wish we could do more of that kind of thing uh, without 
without the the added unfortunate element of just being a crotchety old fart that sometimes <laughs> comes, comes with that territory. Well, like, that's what I like. Old, old cast, right? Old cast, like, the yes. Old cast. Old, the old and I'm not saying that <laughs> that's not what they, they are at all, and that's that's why I like um, that kind of content. I, I think we do avoid uh, that stigma. So Absolutely. It's pretty cool. Yep. All right, so... Jenny, did you have anything else on that topic? Mm, on Sean being old? Um, well, I, I guess if you want to put it that way, but uh, it, it's in the ballpark, I think. This podcast brought to you by Blue Chew. BlueChew.com <laughs> slash Talking Pop um, slash Oldcast. <laughs> I wish I could be as creative as Arn Anderson and talk about my code hanger. Isn't he amazing in those fucking... Yeah ads because he sounds so natural and like he comes up with a new way to sell blue chew in a non-crass way he's so classy about this dick pill <laughs> i'm gonna be old man for a minute and i like Aaron anderson spine busters in 86 and now he's talking about blue chew there's a yes, big difference but he, he's so smooth like tony is like funny and like kind of gross about it you know which i like um and so is Jr. And, and Jr. is too, but Arne, Jr. is just nasty. Yeah, Arn does <laughs> yeah. this like classy, like he comes up with some sort of reference that he had. You come out of nowhere. Uh, it's just yes. amazing. Well, when Jr. reverts to Jim Barnett is is where I really lose it. It's yeah. the type it's of thing disturbing. that I, I really shouldn't um, laugh at, but if, if he did a whole podcast of Jim Barnett doing the, Oh, how hard was it? My boy. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> that's what I'm there for. You know, I, I, I truly wonder on the JR, um, Bluetooth ads, who, who is JR fucking that he needs all this Bluetooth? Yeah. Who's, who's he, um, who, who's JR? Who's the beneficiary the of this? Some Oklahoma prostitutes. It's got to be right. It's he's got to have some sort of like sugar mama or something like a a yeah, girl on yeah. the side, right? Some sort of mm-hmm. cum dumpster, uh, for, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Because uh, you know he's like he's so obsessed with the memory of his wife, and I get that they were married for a long time, and he's still in love with his oh, wife. And, yeah, that's. Yeah, he, he talks about his his late wife so much, and it's very sad. And then all of a sudden, you're going into a blue chew ad, and you're like, "Well, like, are you fucking Jr.? He's clearly not dead, so <laughs> I guess that's good, good for him." But then I wonder, is like, if it's all just bullshit? You know, he just does it like for the gimmick right. of selling things. That might mm. be more closer to the truth. Yeah, you never know. It is wrestling, so who can mm-hmm. say? Uh, but with Arn Anderson, it's like he's breaking backs in many ways. He and, is, as he uh, should. And it's in his own way is a great salesman too. So, mm-hmm. oh, this is just <laughs> speaking of things that we do for love, um, Sean. Yes, you. Um, you kept up a, a facade uh, for a long time, as I understand it. Oh, when, no. uh, facade, oh yeah. facade, facade is kind of a stretch. But. <laughs> well, let, let's just put it out there. You um, you suggested uh, that you enjoyed the Harry Potter series of books and films and multimedia. 
when you and your wife got together. Is that correct? Yeah. So there. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. Who would um, be your wife? It would I be my say. wife. So you know, here's the thing. Like um, when I met my wife, I you know I thought my wife, and you know it's one of those stereotypical you know, gamer nerds, you know, who see this beautiful girl and think they're out of their league, right? So mm-hmm. um, so I thought she was, like, the most beautiful thing I ever saw. And so um, when we actually started dating, we actually met a year prior before we started dating at a bar because my best friend was dating her best friend. And she was, like, dressed to the nines. And, Jenny, you'll appreciate that. I'm in the bar with my backwards hat on and T-shirt and sweatpants. Nice. Uh, yeah, so I was in total, like, run down mode just drinking my bourbon and having a good time and she walked in and you know, please tell me it was a tgi fridays it was actually a place called glory days um it's oh like, i know yeah. glory days yeah uh, so it's glory yeah. days yeah um so she walked in with her friend and i just i couldn't stop staring at her i was like man she's so beautiful and you know she kind of caught on to the fact that i was just staring at her and not saying a whole lot right <laughs> um yeah i mean you were wearing sweatpants so it was probably yeah obvious. so she's dressed in the nines and here i am in the sweatpants right and drinking my bourbon and just staring at her and she's like what are you staring at and in my drunk stupor i go you're one of the most beautiful people i've ever seen <laughs> in my life you know one of those like stereotypical movie scenarios mm. and she's like you're disgusting and she turned her head and started talking <laughs> to the guy next to her um who was kind of like a nerd who's studying to be a lawyer and she's trying to get a date with him and you know, and I and I was blatant mm, okay. in front of him. I was like, you know, he's kind of a nerd and kind of a dork, and you know, I said this right in front of the guy, so I was kind of obvious. <laughs> so um, our initial meeting didn't go very well. She went on a couple dates with the guy, and he never called her back. So um, wow. lucky for me. So a year later, we started dating um, because I kind of changed my attitude a little bit in my approach, obviously, because my first one didn't work. Um, I put on pants. Um, there you go. Regular shirt. Um, gotta start somewhere yeah. yeah so anyway i found out she was a harry potter fan and she enjoyed wine well i don't like i didn't enjoy either one of those things i don't like <laughs> wine and harry potter i've never seen in my life i have very bad opinions on harry potter based on the trailers i saw on tv i thought it looked like a bunch of garbage um which we could get into a little bit later i guess yeah we will so, so she invited me over to her house and cooked dinner and she's like oh you want to watch harry potter i was like oh yeah that'd be great i've never seen it let's watch it on the tv um, she, you know, she pours me a glass of wine and I'm drinking this wine and I hate it. Um, <laughs> and then she puts on Harry Potter and then the hate just grows. And I'm like sitting there with this facade of, oh, this movie's pretty cool. Oh, this wine is great. Can I have another glass? And blah, 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 blah. So I think I carried that facade for maybe a week, two weeks, um, okay. before I just started to listen. I don't like wine. Um, I like <laughs> bourbon. And Harry Potter really sucks. Um, and I, I'm sorry, but I did it because I know you like it. And, she, and that's kind of where I learned, you know what? I could be myself with her. I was trying to impress her because I thought she was like this hot girl that I'll never get to date ever again. And, she, you know, she's mm-hmm. pretty down to earth and an amazing woman. But, um, yeah, I definitely carried that facade. And, but it didn't last very long. It lasted about a week or so. Well, honestly, a week, two weeks – that's not a long time before you're like, okay, cards on the table. <laughs> you know, like, I think most guys would sort I, of... I kind of had a give-no-fucks attitude. It was kind of like, you know what, uh-huh. I'm going to be myself, and if she likes me for who I am, she's going to like me who for who I am, and if she doesn't, she doesn't. And, yeah. You know, it worked out, fortunately for me, so... <laughs> wow. Very good. Yeah, um, I, I think I've admitted off-air that probably the worst thing I've done for... Not love, but lost. Uh, I pretended to like the band Breaking Benjamin for 
Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to hear A that. week. Again, like like you said, a week. <laughs> Two weeks. And it was, you know what? This just isn't going to work on any level. <laughs> you do some crazy stuff when you're involved. Like, I took her to, like, I would never, like, she was into the, like, Broadway, like, Phantom of the Opera. Like, I took her oh, to wow. shows that I'd never in a million years I'd go to. And, yeah. You know, but you kind of start accumulating. You know what? You're going to have to start doing things for others that you wouldn't necessarily do. So it's kind of it's kind of a learning process for me. It's kind of like a maturity thing where, you know what, Sean, it's time to grow up. So I grew up, and now I do a lot of that stuff where she doesn't do a lot of the stuff I like, but I do a lot of the stuff she likes sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, you whooped. You whooped. Yeah, what you happened? Yeah, you could say it's wood, but you know, I, I I got a good wife who takes care of my kids and lets me travel and do what I do. I gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta bend. Mm-hmm. So, well, and and you know, you can have your your hard line at let's say Harry Potter, but when it comes to limited cultural activities and engagements, you can suck it up and deal with that, right? It's, Absolutely. You know, I got a Harry Potter tree this year, and I almost shit my pants. I was like, "Why are you getting a goddamn Harry Potter tree?" And it's in my and it's in my fucking kitchen that I have to look at at breakfast every morning. Why is this here? So, see, I'm the kind of person where I'm like, if I know somebody doesn't like something, then I try not to do that thing. You know what I mean? So it's like I do a lot of the opposite of you, which is like hiding. You know, like. Putting yeah, it away and, like, taking it away. Like, trying hmm. to not be inconveniencing to anybody else if I know that they don't like that thing. You know, I'm like, this isn't your cup of tea, so we don't talk about it. Or, you know, like, I try not to do something that you don't like because I know you don't like it. So, I don't know. I I, I, I envy that. Like, I envy that um, just, like... F- upfrontness you know like i don't like it makes it for a lot of fun it's a lot of fun actually because when you have that openness sometimes you know you end up with conversation and like experiences that you don't think you would ever do because you're just being letting it all out there and you really don't care it's pretty funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. well and there's the the courtship aspect of it too as i say the elizabethan parlor games where you are um not so much trying to impress this person but uh, you're really into them, right? And you want them to be into you. So that potentially requires making sacrifices because they're like, hey, you know what? I'm pretty much holding all the cards here. I mean, talk about cards on the table. But mm-hmm. it's like, if you want to um, get with this, essentially, then, um, yeah, we're going to uh, we're gonna spend a night at the theater. We're going to uh, get a Harry Potter Christmas tree. We're going to uh, sit down and, and watch this uh, British comedy or whatever it is. Uh, we're going to listen to some Breaking Benjamin, potentially. <laughs> and uh, if that doesn't work for you, Princess then... Diaries. Let's watch the Princess Diaries. Oh, yeah. Oh, there. God. There's Jesus a good one. Christ, Princess Diaries. Um, and it's like, uh, if that doesn't work for you, then tough shit. <laughs> Find something know, else. But there's also a reality. Is like, I'm part of the big guy club, right? I'm a big dude, right? So when you find that person... That said, hey, I don't mind if you're a big guy and, you know, they have that personality and there's that connection. You're going to grab onto it, right? Yeah, and be willing. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yep, so it kind of goes both ways. So, Jenny, uh, have you ever done any questionable things for love or had other people do questionable things for your love? Oh, my God. Um, No, honestly, because, well... um, no, 
I mean, I, well, it's like um, I said, like I, I, I like to do what makes others happy, right? So I will mm. do basically what you know, whatever that entails, and I don't ask for anything. Like I have a real problem um, saying like this is what I like and this is what I want to do. And this, I always defer to the other person because I don't want to be, um, Mm -hmm. I don't want to like put somebody in a situation to be upset or bored or, you know, I fucking hate this, but I'm doing it for her. Like, I don't want that energy and it bothers me. So I just, you know, I'm just always kind of, submitting to whatever you know the other person wants to do and then if you know that's why I like to be around people who like the same shit that I do that's why that's very important to me um like in these these friends that I try to have locally and I have nothing in common with them and it's like like your golden girls last night yes (laughs) and I'm like I, I like this morning I was I was thinking like what is wrong with me where I can't just like have this like shallow pleasant like friendship sort of with this person like just be friendly and I can do that but it's disappointing mm-hmm. and boring to me because I know it's not going anywhere it feels kind of fake it feels like a waste of time that's why I like to be with people like you guys who like the same shit that I do for the most part, except for Harry Potter, Sean. And <laughs> there well, are you're not going to argue with me about it because you don't want to get in the confrontation because that's what you just said, right? Right, Harry exactly. Potter. So I mean, I, I mean, I'll joke about it, but um, like I would never like intentionally m- make somebody do some shit that they were just not into, except for my son when. I have to do that anyway when you have to when I have to parent but um I don't know what that says about me but like I know I'm a weird person and that there's not going to be a lot of people that that I connect with on, on many levels so I have to like compromise and be like you know just do this thing because you need this sort of like shallow you're not into the parlor game. Person. You're not yeah. into the parlor games. And yeah, it's it's so funny to me that and I sort of had this I don't know if I can even call it an epiphany later in life. I mean, I was in my mid 20s, but this is a related or adjacent to some of the stories I've told previously when my family would uh vacation on the Rappahannock River at the mm. uh Redneck White Trash Riviera. Um, that is Grays Point Campground in the uh, beautiful northern neck of Virginia. Well, I was hanging out with with one of my friends, female friend, a little bit younger than me. Uh, we were like sitting on a golf cart, and we kept running into the same guy like over and over, as you do when you're just at this type of place riding around on golf carts. And she goes, you know, they've got that at the pavilion tonight uh, that we're all going to because there's nothing else to do 
Um, I know he's one of the overnight campers because I've, I've seen uh, his RV over here parked such and such, and I'm like, oh, you're really kind of uh, checking this guy out, For sure. <laughs> you know, scoping this guy. She's like, yeah, I should invite him to this because he probably doesn't know about it. It's like, yeah, he probably doesn't if he's an overnighter. So we're sitting there, like, in front of his RV. He's on the phone. And, again, they're a little bit younger than me, but I'm not totally immune to what's going on here. And um, she's smoking a cigarette, and she just goes, hey, 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 you over there, yeah. And I'm like, he's on the phone. She's like, it doesn't matter. (laughs) And so he's like, uh, me? Uh, what? She's like, yeah. She's like, uh, I saw you at the pool earlier. Were you, uh, were you helping out your, your little brother? He's like, uh, yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I knew he was your brother. Anyway, um, do you want to come party later tonight? I'm like, oh my God. (laughs) He's like, uh, what do you mean? Well, there's a thing at a pavilion. You should come hang out with us at eight o'clock. Um, Okay. And uh, that was pretty much the end of it. And I was like, what the hell was that? And she just took a drag of her cigarette and goes, girls don't have to be smooth. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just sort of stuck with me ever since because I was like, of course they don't. <laughs> like, they don't? Course. Like, Are you serious? Like, when does a girl really like pick up a guy in, in that kind of way, you know? And it wasn't, I mean, it, it was like an attraction thing, but it wasn't like, Ooh, I'm going to hook up with this person. You know, it's not not like a bar pickup kind of thing, you know, it's just, Hey, I kind of like this dude. We want to hang out. And if something happens, great. If not, who cares? Um, it was just like, it felt very, um, (laughs) as badly performed as it was, still felt very (laughs) authentic to me. I was like, just imagine if guys tried to do that. You know, if a guy was that uncool about it, which Sean sounds like was your approach initially. The I, glory was so, I was so uncouth. I, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. love it. People just need to be more their authentic selves, I guess, is what it comes down to. Just Good, bad, or indifferent. Shoot your shot, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I kind of... Uh... That kind of blows my mind, like, that whole mentality, like, I'm a girl, um, so this guy is going to, you know, do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I've just never you don't thought, think that. thought like that at all. Like, I, I never assume any sort of, like, you know, I don't know, treatment or anything like that. Like, I would never... No, not you, but most guys don't know that about other about girls. They're gonna try if they're trying to really like hook up with somebody, they're gonna try and acclimate. Or they could do me and just be a complete <laughs> yeah. <out of> <laughs> right? But I think most people with common sense that I didn't have would probably have a different approach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not about what you expect, it's about what the guy might perceive or because they're it's awkward, that's all. So Yeah. So it was extremely awkward. Like I said, I'm I'm sitting there. <laughs> On the golf cart, like, what is this? (laughs) Well, did the guy show up? Yeah. (laughs) Did she hook up? Um, I don't think they actually did anything. I mean, they might have, but it wasn't like a, it was very casual, you know? Yeah. Um, 
it was just like a nobody cared. Clearly, nobody cared in, in this situation um, because no one was trying to. Neither party was trying to impress the other. <laughs> it was right, just right. Um. Again, you just shoot your shot, I guess. <laughs> but um. All right, so let's talk about Harry Potter for a minute, just because I, I want to know, and I don't want to start a fight, but uh, Sean, you're not into it. I'm not particularly into it myself, but um, it sounds like more than being indifferent, you're you're pretty down and negative on Harry Potter. So where is your, your Harry Potter negativity and I, I just find hate it's, come like, from? I don't. Like I don't get the story. I mean, I do get the story, but I think it's really boring. Um, and I think it's like, why do I need like twenty movies to tell the tale of this kid whose parents were killed by this wizard, and then he spends the next ten movies trying to figure out how to kill the asshole? I don't get it. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And I think the dialogue's boring. There's no action. I just, I just want to fall asleep during it. I don't get it. I just don't get it. <laughs> it's kind of like Lord of the Rings too. When I watch it, that was. I was going to say, is is this a, a sort of a genre judgment in general like a fantasy and science fiction no because you know i like game of thrones i mean i like i like it depends on the story it depends on the action it depends on the balance for me and i feel like there's no balance in the harry potter story mm. it's just these ugly little snotty kids running around being chased by this evil wizard that the adults can't protect them from and these adults must be complete idiots because they can't protect <laughs> the children i don't get it so, that is a very <laughs> simplistic way to put Harry Potter. Like, well, it's simplistic because that's the reality. It's not, though. <laughs> okay. The the adults did everything. Dumbledore fucking died to to protect Harry. So it's not like... Spoilers. Oh, so speaking of Dumbledore dying, I got a really funny story about that. Oh, so was it, <laughs> was, it, was it Order of the Phoenix that he died? No. Who, no, who, it was Half-Blood Prince where he died. Who died in Order of the Phoenix? That was um, Sirius Black. All right. So the, the book came out. And yes. what you guys don't know about me is I, have, I can speed read and I have a photogenic memory. Like I could read a book literally in an hour. Look um, at these things that come out on yeah. Interesting. So, so anyway, my wife bought Order of the Phoenix. And it's I was, my favorite book, by the way. Well, well you're gonna you're gonna love this. So mm. she hadn't read the book. So I read I sped read the book like in like two days, just because I could. Because I, I be honest with you, I like Goblet of the Fire. So mm-hmm. I thought, mm-hmm. okay, well let me read Order of the Phoenix. It's the only book I like. Let me read Order of the Phoenix, and I didn't like Order of the Phoenix. So um <laughs> so I read through the book and I go oh, my God, you're not going to believe who died. And she goes, what are you talking about? And I go, well, they just killed Sirius in the book, and she <gasps> was so mad at me for, like, two weeks. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I would murder it, you. Yeah, she, she wanted to murder She didn't talk to me for, like, a week. So, um, yeah, so I was trying to be funny, and that didn't work out very well either. No, me. it did not. So, yeah, so just my, that's my funny, serious black died. But, yeah, I, I just don't get the Harry Potter thing at all. I think the movies are too long, and there's too many of them. And I know that I'm on minority, but it's just a preference. Well, you're not the right demographic, though, admittedly. I mean, you're I'm not the right demographic. It was one of those things that came along just too far after my time, I felt like, for me to get into. Uh, but I was sort of just whatever. I, I, it's probably not for me. It, I maybe could get into it if I tried, but I'm the moment has passed, you know. See, the, and, for me. 
the heart of Harry Potter is not about the wizardry or his parents or any of that bullshit. It's the friendships. <laughs> the friendships. That friendships is we made along the way. Yeah, that him and Ron and Hermione are the the anchor and the rock of the story. Um for me. That that was even through all the books and the movies. That is those three and that relationship is everything about Harry Potter because he didn't have anything. You know, he 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 had to make his family and his friends and I sympathize with that and I can understand that. So so I, you know, it, it hits for some people and you know, if you don't have a heart, then it won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it could be a generational thing because I'm more of a Godfather, Goodfellas, Star Wars kind of guy. Because yeah, part of the, maybe because I'm older, maybe. So that, that to Tim's point, maybe it's because it didn't resonate with me because it was kind of beyond where I was at in terms of what maybe I wanted so. to watch. Yeah. You already had your friendship triumvirate with uh, Luke, Leia, and Han, right? Yeah, of course. And you know, with Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro whacking people, I was yeah, right, so very happy. Right. So yeah, so it's very different. So that's probably part of it too. Hmm. All right, well, let's talk about speed reading and having a photographic memory. What the hell? How how does this work? Like it's 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 just a crazy thing that, you know, since I was a kid, I've always had. I uh, you know, literally I could look at a page or I could look at a dialogue or whatever and just like almost like it snapshots in my head and I can memorize it. So, so do you take in the like the page all at once, like all the words on the page just you just I don't know, absorb? Is that is that how it... Yeah, it's almost like if you took a photo and you just put it in my head, like a photo album kind of scenario. Weird. So, yeah, it's really weird. It's something I've had since I was a kid. And it's really weird, like, even even when I go back to when I was a kid, you know, I can relate, like, you know, we talked about earlier about TV and songs. Like, I can relate. I heard this song at this time. Here's what was going on. Or this TV show was on <laughs> when I was doing this. It's like, my, mm-hmm. my mind is a crazy place to be sometimes. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, place to be. Um, be. That's got to come in handy, though, quite a bit. Like, especially in your wrestling fandom. Uh, In my wrestling uh, fandom, and in my everyday life, and in my job, actually, it's probably better than anything that could possibly be. Yeah. So, do you have a really good recall for like specific dates, like what happened on a certain date, or just things in relation to one another? Is Things is that, that how it impacted me? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I mean, if it's something that was impactful to me or something that I want to remember, like I could tell you, uh, let's go, like go back to wrestling fandom. I can remember 1986 putting on USA Network primetime wrestling. First match I ever watched was Cowboy Bob Orton versus Tito Santana. That's the first match I ever watched that got me into it. Good lord! Wow. Uh, then I could go to the summer of '86 in June or July of '86 and. First time I ever saw NWA, and I said, like, oh, that's the real wrestling, and I saw Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA get into it. Like, I could just relate stuff back to those time periods, how old I was when I was at, like, in the NWA scenario, I was at my grandparents watching that on their TV. It's really weird how my mind works sometimes. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can do that just in terms of having a good recall for events and just situations and sort of being in that same situation and it'll it'll sort of trigger like a oh a memory of years ago when i was in this same place or circumstance watching whatever it was but 
it's not like a an instant recall type of thing. I definitely cannot speed read. I I'll sit there and read the same fucking page twenty times where <laughs> it really processes like I'm anything but a speed reader. So that's that's something that really fascinates me. Just people who can do that and just you know blow through a book in no time. I don't um, have any rhyme or reason. I mean, I don't do. I mean, honestly, I don't read a lot of books. But if I do, that's kind of how it works. So it's you know, like if I wanted to skim through like a chat or whatever in one of the communities, like I could just skim through that and I'll get everything in my head and be done in like thirty seconds. It's pretty crazy. Good God! I can identify with the speed reading part. Probably not. Like, I probably wouldn't say I'm a speed reader, but I feel like I'm quick. But. The recall thing is a total miss for me. Like a lot of people, like in in like knowing these wrestling fans, I'm continuously blown away by their like recall and like their knowledge of like year to year. And like I remember, I was like this year, and I was this age. I'm like I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know how old I was in 2010. Like I don't. I don't know. <laughs> But like you know it's interesting. It's like snap. Like if you like if you talk about pro wrestling, is you know after two thousand one, two thousand two, it gets muddy because everything gels together, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know it's like almost for me like two, pre two thousand two. It's kind of like um, when Scott and um, JT decided to redo the retro and quit going after certain years. It's because it just bled gel together. Yeah. Prior to that, everything had moments and things that you would remember, and there were certain times after that that they didn't. So that's kind of how it worked. there's got to be a part to that that it's just your intensity of interest where even if it's something that you still follow it may not be with the same passion that you had when you were 16 years old right and there just weren't so many other things competing for your attention and you could really hyper focus in on this one thing so it's like everything about it just burns that much brighter and hotter uh, when you're in that particular window in time, I think in your life. And eventually as other things come into the picture and you're not as into it as you used to be, it's like, that's when everything starts to run together and, and the lines really get blurred. But I mean, there, there is that aspect to it where if, if you just have that <laughs> again, photographic recall or, or just a great memory in general, um, it almost doesn't matter, but I do think that just intensity of interest counts for a whole lot, uh, especially when it comes to some of the minutia of something like pro wrestling or like in my case, comics is the big one where right. like I know issue numbers of certain series that I read growing up and I couldn't tell you. Now, I mean, the last issue of whatever series that that I read, you know, or what happened in it. And Tim, I'm the same way with comics. So for me, it was more like moments in time of things that were not great, right? Like I said, my father died when I was seven in 83, right? So Sure, yeah, that stands out. I buried myself into music. I buried myself into TV. Comics for me. You know, I remember like 83, you'll probably relate to this. And, you know, 83 is when they first started launching, you know, limited series. So in 82, they Mm -hmm. came out with Wolverine. 83, they had a Hawkeye. They had, you know, I can yep. remember those comics because in that moment of what was not good in my life, I remember those things that got me out of that zone. That's what it really, how it works. Didn't, so maybe you'll know this, and, and this is not a quiz by any means, but uh, didn't Mark Grunewald, of all people, illustrate that Hawkeye series? 
I long time. So, and I, you know, it, I believe so, but it was one of my favorite miniseries because, yeah. you know, it was four issues. I was a big Hawkeye fan, you know, and, you know, he got married and all this other stupid shit, but um, right. it's just, you know, it wasn't as much about the comics or the characters about that, what they got me out of that I was dealing with in the personal life. And it got me out of that zone of, Hey, I can think about something else and I can enjoy something else. And that's sometimes how the photogenic memory works sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess I hadn't really thought about it. I, I definitely did probably my deep dive into comics during a a personal hardship as well. After uh, my grandfather had passed when I was uh, 13, this would have been in 97. So there you go, these details that just jump right out at you. And I can remember not only just series that I was reading at the time, but like trips to the comic store and discovering uh, trade paperbacks that were being published, you know, things like the essential, the black and white essential volumes that Marvel was doing and just bringing some of the things back into print um, from older periods. Like that's when I read like mutant massacre and, Inferno and got really into some of those um, older X-Men stories. And, you know, that's kind of what cemented my fandom in a way was just, as you said, trying to find distractions, trying to find something to occupy your mind and just satisfy that, that intellectual curiosity and to give you sort of an emotional high when everything else is sort of so low in your life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Does that ever work like the opposite? Like bad things uh, stick in your brain just as much as the good, like the stuff that you want to remember? Oh, no, the good things do too. Like, shoot, mm-hmm. this is so stupid. Like, I got married in 2004. Well, I can remember the night before my wedding. I went out and watched this first Saw movie with my best man. <laughs> next to the hotel and got drunk the night before so yeah that's a good part too like you remember those moments in the good moments and the bad moments for me though when i was younger and growing up you probably from about age seven to 15 it was more about trying to escape some of the stuff that i didn't want to deal with some of the stuff i didn't want to confront um and finding those escapes and that's why i have really remember really vivid memories of that time frame for sure Mm. um especially in you know the pop culture stuff because that was a good escape yeah and I can imagine if you rewatch that Saw movie today, that's you know probably what you go back to and think about, right? Yeah, I watched the Saw movie. Hey, I got married. I got married the next day. And, you know, <laughs> let's kill some people and then lives, and let's get married the next day. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't getting married, but I have fond memories of seeing that in the theater with a, a large group of friends. I think it was. If it wasn't actually Halloween night, it was within a couple days of it. Like, um, a couple of my friends had just done this trunk or treat event at uh, their church, and um, we were kind of busting on them, at, at being just assholes about it as as we were <laughs> back then. It's like, okay, you're going to do this church event and then go see fucking Saw, um, <laughs> and, you know. <laughs> cover your eyes for the whole movie basically spend all this movie spend all this money not to see the movie and um sure enough that's pretty much what happened 
But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> so again, that's my experience with Saul. So you always connect back to something. I, I think if it's a really strong memory, whether it's uh, a good a a great memory or a really terrible one, um, you will connect back to it. So yep. interesting so stuff. Yeah, so I mean, I could talk all day about how that works in different moments and different things, but that would take all day. But yeah, that's kind of how it works for me, at least. So, okay. Well, Jenny, hmm. uh, what else would you like to know about our guest? So many things to choose from. Mm. Um, see, what I feel like you should do is use your ability. Um, and you should watch this movie called Pro Ball Cheerleaders. <laughs> and and then it would be burned into yeah. your memory and then you would never unsee it. And then we would have something in common because, uh, yeah. Because it's one of your favorite pictures, It is right? one of my favorite movies, yes. Never heard of it. Never heard of it, okay. Um, well, what are your, um, what are your memories about pornography then, uh, <laughs> okay, so I'll share a little did bit. Did you, so, did you find woods, woods porn as, as we like to call it? So, okay. So you gotta remember I grew up in the seventies, um, yeah. you know, and you know, pre my father, <laughs> a lot is about my father before he passed away. Um, I love my father. I was a big daddy's boy. He'd take me fishing, you know, all the typical dad stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had big dad feelings. You know, mm-hmm. my dad. Yeah, my dad had big dad feelings. And back in the day, you know, there was they didn't really watch movies with that type of material. There were magazines, and my dad had this recliner in the basement. My dad was a big music fan. He would turn on the music. He'd sit in his basement, and I would sit on the couch across from him. And you know, we'd sit there and listen to music together, like Steely Dan, and you know, like all the old school. Um, but he had this rack next to his recliner that was full full of porno mags. Um, <laughs> um, back then, his, his mag of choice was Hustler. And, um, oh, man. I don't know if you know a lot about Hustler, because I don't yep. know how many people, if it still exists or whatever, but um, it didn't really hide anything. It was, no. you know, Playboy, you know, is kind of what you call it. was it. not tasteful in the way no, that Playboy no. was. So, you know, it was like full on, you know, everything goes. And, you know, he would just sit there and read it, and, you know, I would sit there at the bottom of the seat and open up the magazines in the rack while he's reading and not paying attention, and um, I think I was probably about four or five when I first saw my first uh, first mag. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that, that that's my first experience was the old 70s mags back in the day. That's Your my- father would blatantly sit in front of his child and wa- and look at pornography. Is that what you The 70s said? were a very different time. Wow. <laughs> Again, with these kids, you know, it's just they're going to be seen and not heard. You don't, you don't give a shit what these kids are doing, right? Well, I think it's, part of it is, you know, the awareness factor around is my kid not really, my kid's not looking at this. You know, it's kind of one of those deals. Back, things yeah. were very much looser in the 70s and 80s versus they are now. Now we worry about the kids, where are they at, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, when I was younger, it's like, go outside at 9 in the morning, I'll call you for lunch, come back, then kick your ass back outside and come back for dinner at 6, 7 o'clock at night and just be out That's of the right. house all day. It's very different. Mm-hmm. So, stay out of my hair. Stay out of my hair. All right. So, as you got older, did you get into any of the movies, or were you uh, 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 analog kind of person? No, I no analog. I never, kind of 
I was ne- that was never really my thing, to be honest. If I'm being honest with you, that was not my thing. I didn't, you know, I didn't really look at a lot of that. You know, I I think I got my fill when I was younger and probably had enough memory to store for a while. <laughs> it's <laughs> so, all stuck in your brain. You have I, all you know, the porn you I'm, need trapped in your head. Well, it was also very different back. It's it's amazing to me how generationally bodies and shapes are very very much different. Rooming's much different. It's uh, <laughs> it's very very different through generations, and I'll leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Well, What's your favorite Steely Dan song? Uh Josie comes home. Josie comes home. All right. What else did you guys listen to? Oh my God, he loved John Denver. He, he was very diverse. He listened to the Beatles, Credence, uh, Clearwater Revival, mm-hmm. um, Beach Boys. He, I mean, he was, he was into everything. And that's kind of where I got my affinity for music. Like, even today, I'll, you know, I'll listen to Yacht Rock. And, yeah, I know it's an old guy station, but Yacht Rock's really what I grew up on. And that's why I like it so much is because a lot of that music comes from when I was younger. I like ro- Yacht Rock, too. Yeah. Yeah, you ditched, you ditched it for Rose. So. I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for Rose. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it as much as Ring of Honor, apparently. So, well, you don't like it as much as having a suite for Ring yeah, of Honor. Yeah, there you go. Or passing out on the couch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just talking shitty floor seats. Forget it. But, uh... Right. Right. But you know, just going back to that, it was like everybody took so good, so good care of you, like in the suites. Like as you walked down the hallway, there are the attendants. And they're just standing there, you know, waiting for people to wait on. And they're just like, hi, have a good night. And they're just, like, super nice. And everybody's just, like, waiting on you hand and foot and, like, bringing you drinks and shit like that. It's like, what is this magical land? I don't understand this. It was amazing. I want to go back to there. Well, I can get tickets. Well, we can if you're ever in New York. I'm going to try and see if we can get something like that in Tampa, but we'll see. Ooh, wow. that would be yeah. nice. Mm. Mm. I need somebody to wait on me hand and foot is what I'm saying and uh, to fawn all over me and to make me drinks. Yeah, it sounds like you've been quite deprived. I mean, not I not flexing your might, you know, and uh, and and uh, embracing the philosophy of girls don't have to be smooth. Mm-hmm. I just don't believe that philosophy, though. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if it's uh maybe you should just try it out. Just test take it for a test drive, you know, see how it works. Well, I've never been smooth a day in my life anyway, so I'm mostly awkward all the time. So you're already living. Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> I've already tried this. Com- yeah. You and I have that in common. I am like the least smooth person in the universe. Yeah. I am not smooth at all. I say I say what's on my mind typically. Most of the time I say the wrong thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's a, I'm not smooth. And, and, you know, it's interesting. We were talking about people and, you know, friendships and stuff. I've had the same the friends I hang out with now are still the same friends I've had in high school. Because in the work environment, you got to put on that people face and you got to be that people person, right? So you interact with different people. So my philosophy's always been, well, I don't have time to make new friends because I have to be a certain way um, career-wise. So I'm just going to stick with the people I know and the people that don't judge me and the people that like me because I'm inappropriate. And that's mm-hmm. kind of I, <laughs> I like that theory, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so and that's why like you said I like kind of like our community because you could be that person, you know, there's no judgment. You could be yourself and talk smack, talk good stuff that you enjoy and 
Um, and then I get to go out with my friends. Like, next week I'm going to New Orleans on our annual guys trip, and we're just going to have debauchery and fun in New Orleans together. Oh, shit. So, yeah, so. I am not familiar with this concept of lifelong friendships uh, because – I don't know. I, I don't know if it's me or just uh, sometimes I, I have that. Um, I'll have one of those, I guess, moments of clarity, if you can call it that, where it's like, do you really want to know what I think? And of course, someone's going to go, well, yeah, of course. And I'll tell them what I really think. And uh, they really don't like it. <laughs> it turns out they didn't really want to know what, what a I thought. trick question that is. Uh. I mean,. I just try to, again, be honest, speak your mind. I, and I don't necessarily, I'm not an open book at all times. You know, certainly um, I, I will sort of um, be diplomatic if, if I feel like the situation calls for it. But if someone's like, well, what do you think? Do you really want to know what I think? Well, yeah, of course. I think you're fucking full of shit and this is a <laughs> fucking bullshit Here's my problem. I don't even get to the point of where they'll ask me. I'll just tell them. Like, yeah. what do you think? You're going to know what I think before you even get there, unfortunately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that, that, is the, that is the problem, is, is that they're not used to it. And I don't know. I guess sometimes you got to let people know where you stand, and that's how you f- figure out who your friends really are at the and, end of the day. And you make those friends, and then you hold on to them so you avoid having to meet new people and deal with it all over again. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, my experience has been that life gets in the way, and uh, (laughs) one of the most common things in friendships now is that people um, have this idea that um, it's okay to be sort of like an absent friend, and they're like, you know... Because I see these like me like shit posted on Facebook all the time. Like, just because we don't talk every day doesn't mean I don't think about you and I don't love oh, yeah. you. And what like, happens? we could pick up like we haven't talked in eighteen years, but we could pick up like it was yesterday. I'm like, I don't feel that way at all. I don't think friendships work that way. I think that you have to make you're, time. You're kidding yourself if you. Do you say that? Yeah. It's like, how can you put zero effort into a relationship and then feel like that's how it should probably be, though? I agree with you. But like, for for example, for my like my friends, you know, we have a cabin that we go up and hang out with every so often together. And then we do guys trips every January, like Martin Luther King weekend. We always do some kind of guys trip together. And we talk to each other throughout the year. We get together maybe. Oh, in honor of the Reverend, yes. Yeah, so we we don't do that. We don't blow each other off. But at the end of the day, if we don't see each other, talk to each other for three months, we know in two months we're going to see each other and hang out. That's kind of how it works. You make time and you plan and you put work into it. I mean, these things do take take work. And I just think that whole, yeah, I guess you can go 20 years without talking to somebody. But in my mind, that's really just two people who have mutually – uh, perhaps exclusively comes to the understanding that we're not really friends anymore, but right. it's not like we had a fall out. So if we happen to talk again for some reason, we'll be cool with each other. Right. Um, just because we're not, yeah. not to be. But then, let's not pretend like we're still best right. friends. But right. But I'm like, I don't feel like I, if I'm in a crisis that I can just pick up, you know, this friend who 
think, thinks <laughs> casually of me, you know, but she thinks the world of me and like, she's here for anything that I need. But like, if I need something, I'm not going to her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, it doesn't work like that. I need more, you know, kind of need mm-hmm. more than that. Uh, but I've always been that way, but. No, I kind of feel you. Okay. Uh, this is quite the journey we've been on. <laughs> I think we've covered a lot of different topics in a short amount of time. So. Yeah. <laughs> As expected. I mean, it's how these things go, I think. Uh, so, Sean, how are you feeling? This this was your first podcast, not just with us, but ever, right? Yeah, absolutely. Were, um, were you gentle? Or are, you, are you feeling okay? Are you in any pain? No, I think it was very conversational. I enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, I've heard you, I've heard the podcast, so I kind of knew what we were getting into, and I kind of knew how conversation was going to flow, and it was just about what I expected. So um, I loved it. I had a great time. So hopefully I, I get to do more. <laughs> I feel like we took it easy on you a little bit. I don't think so. Mm. We were gentle. Yeah, a little bit. We were gentle. Well, you know, I, I'm always I'm always the sheep in wolf's clothing where, mm. where I, I – you know, kind of ask the the normal. Well, I won't say normal. What's normal? I, I will ask uh, the gentle questions, and then that'll open it up to to you, Jenny. With uh, what's your history in porn? Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the history of porn. Which is what the people are here for. And then I'm I talk sure. about seventies mega bush and the hustle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you took it easy on me. See, and now it put you put you off. Porn. Was I smooth when I asked that though? You oh know? yeah, you were smooth. Okay. There we go. I think you're always. You think you're never smooth, but I. I think you're always smooth, and that's. <laughs> girls don't have to be smooth. Girls don't yet, have to be smooth. Yet they always are. So. They always are. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh. All right. Jenny, what are you thinking? Should we? Um. Should we let Sean off the hook here? Uh, leave, leave that door maybe cracked for future installments. Yeah, I'm good with that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good. I don't want to scare him away. You know what I mean? It's right, a, right. It's a nice, you know, pleasant conversation that we've had here, and not not a lot of intense grilling. Not a lot of intense grilling. Well, that's okay. Um. I think we learned a lot, though. I did. We got, I definitely got did. some revelations that you know played into our hands, uh, just like just like we often uh, come to find here on our little powwows here on Talking Pop. So, uh, Sean, do you have anything you want to promote? Just in terms of, I guess, probably no other podcasts, right? Uh, we we'd be very offended if you ran off and did another podcast right behind us. I'm not doing any more podcasts unless I'm invited back somewhere. But no, I have nothing to promote. I, you know, what? I've been a long time listener. It's cool to actually do one of these and uh, with good hosts. So I appreciate the time and allowing me on. And hopefully, we get to do it again, and maybe we can get a little more after dark if we do it again. So. A little more <laughs> after dark. <laughs> Mm, okay, I like this idea. I like Me it too. a lot. I'm good with it. Jenny, uh, do you have anything you want to promote? Well, I'm just gonna, you know, uh, put myself over like I do uh, yep. at Jenny Position on Twitter and the Jenny Position Facebook page. You can leave me a review, 
You can hear soon a new Geek and Sassy, a new um, Freak Out Drive-In hopefully soon, and probably a new uh, Bianca's First Time, which mm. I recorded with her a couple of weeks ago and have just held on to for some reason. I don't know why I didn't drop it last week, but anyway. Um, and uh, several things on the pop feed. I was on an episode uh, of Looking Forward, Looking Back with you, Tim, where we um, previewed the winter movies coming up. We did. With Andy Atherton, Scott Ruscolo. That was fun. And... Uh, of course, on the wrestling feed, I have Jenny and the Gems. Now, the, the raw feed of that episode is not safe for work, but... Um... Yes, that one has been heavily edited. Um, <laughs> so, if you hear the boys dying laughing at one of my comments, but you missed my comment, it's because it got edited out. Um, that's not what we do here on the Jenny Position, so none of this podcast will be edited out. You exceeded your allotted number of cunts. Of cunts, yes. I for sure the did. pop. So, shame on you. We slapped your hand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, on the wrestling feed, you can listen to Jenny and the Gems, and there will soon be a new episode of Talking WCW mm-hmm. about the mighty and wonderful Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> it was so show. much fun. It was good. So just a peek behind the curtain how the sausage is made. We, at the time of this recording, we just recorded that edition of Talking WCW last night, discussing the mighty Kevin Sullivan. And um, what a time we had. <laughs> you and I, Jenny, and our dear friend Craig Phillips. Um, wow, that was... Um, I feel like every episode of Talking WCW is my favorite episode. I know, but me too. It's just how that show goes, man. Um, in addition to that, uh, you can hear me on the Marvel Age podcast on Place Me Nation Pop. Uh, I understand that the third and final installment of 1972 in Marvel Comics that we talked about. That's myself, uh, Nick Duke, Russell Sellers, and the manager, Todd Weber, on Place Me Nation Pop, getting into all the great years and stories and comics of Marvel Comics. So look for that episode on the Pop feed. And I think that just about does it because you talked about all the other shows that I'm on because they were with you. <laughs> Oops. Yeah. I probably Oops. should have saved you. How's that working? No, that's quite all right. I like how that works. Uh, making, making you, uh, put all the effort in there. Yeah. Um, sounds like me. I was told during my uh, review today at work that I, I should do a, a light criticism was that, w- was that I should do more to, uh, self promote is how it was put. Really? Um, yeah, really. Can you imagine? It's almost like they think I care about my job. Uh, So, uh, in the spirit of self-promotion, find me on Twitter. I am at Psych68, C-Y-K-E-6-8, where I will um, try to promote a little bit more of myself and things that I'm interested in and think that you should be, too. Mm -hmm. So, there you have it. Well, we have talked some pop tonight. We sure have. And we talked some Sean. Talking Sean. 
talking Sean. That's right. Great time. Great drinks. Great company. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Night. Jenny, we've had three podcasts this week. I know, right? You sound like together. Scott. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, really. <laughs> I know that's not unusual for you to have several podcasts consecutively in a week, but we don't usually have them all uh, together. So we're yeah. getting a lot of um, a lot of quality time, you and I. Well, I love it. That's yeah. why I do this for quality time with you, Tim Capel. We'll have to try to keep our clothes on on air here. I don't know how you guys do so many podcasts. It's pretty incredible, actually. Um, Karen, about to start another one? I don't have a real life, so it's like... <laughs> yeah, mother is a real life. Uh, yeah, but I just phone all that shit in. <laughs> <laughs> this, I just, like, put effort into it. <laughs>